This is Line Dance Podcast. I'm Christopher Gonzalez. Welcome. What is your name? Joanne Brady. And what is your primary role in the line dance community? I instruct, I teach. Um, I have done some choreography, uh, but that's not my forte. My mm. forte, my strong point is teaching. Mm. And I guess that's because I've taught all my life. I taught special ed children for many years. I taught flute and piccolo lessons to third through seventh graders for about 10 years. Uh, I've taught Sunday school and I've been teaching line dance. It'll be 25 years in January. Wow, so you know all the ins and outs. Kinda. <laughs> okay. What are some, uh, just off the top of your head, what kind of tips have you discovered uh, along the way that uh, maybe you're not seeing in, in uh, the overall community? In the dance community, mm-hmm. you mean? Um, I think that my main thing is we're in a world of our own here. This is our own. It's, it's like a, a bowling league that goes out on the road and all different, you know, car clubs. And this is our dance club. This is our family. And the camaraderie is amazing among the dancers as well as the instructors. And the one thing I've always tried very hard to do is not to get an ego, not to get a big head, because it can happen. People, if they like you in this community, they show it and and they tell you. And when you hear it, it can go to your head. So that's very important and a lot of the younger the younger generation will say, well, Joanne's always nagging us. Don't let us get a big head. But that's my main, that's my main thing in, in the whole community is embrace the people you meet. It's an extended family for me. So embrace the people you meet. The friendships I've made in the last 24 years would have never happened without the dance community. Mm. And what do you suppose it is about line dance that makes that different from other forms of dance? What makes it special? Well, I would think, first of all, especially for ladies or gentlemen who have either lost a spouse or are single, and you don't have to worry. You just go by yourself and you do it. You don't need a partner. You don't need somebody to be with you in order to do it. I think that's probably the biggest draw. And when I started in the uh, late 80s, it was the music because it, back then it was strictly country music. Mm-hmm. And I was raised on that. So for me, it was the music. And in the last 24 years, it certainly has done a 360 two or three times. And there's all kinds of music now. There's all kinds of rhythms. That the choreographers and the dancers aren't afraid to try new things. It's not just your basic two-step rhythm, cha-cha rhythm. It's not like that. And I think that's nice. I think a variety is good. I, I was overwhelmed this weekend when I saw the team from the Netherlands come out and actually perform in costume as a team. Chris Watson from Australia and I were so emotional because that's what it was like 25 years ago when I started. We went everywhere and that was it. So um, the camaraderie and, and the family feeling you get, you'll, you'll go for six months and go to a workshop and all of a sudden here are three ladies from Canada that I haven't seen for a year and it's like I saw them yesterday. So it's mm-hmm. one big family, it's awesome. Now, the, the students that you've had over time, have you had the same ones for 25 years? Are any of the, the core groups still there, or do they rotate out? Good question. Mm. Very good question. Um, I probably see a total of maybe 140, 150 different dancers each week, all levels. I think my youngest right now is about 18 or 20, and my oldest is 93. Wow. 
And out of those 140, I would say at least 15 or 20 of them have been with me for 20 years. Wow. Which is awesome. It's awesome. Um, there is a turnover. There, there always is going to be people come out, they dance for a year or two, get some exercise, and then they want to try something new. So they go and take something else up, you know. So, yeah, there is. There's people fluctuating in and out. But my court, I have about 20 that have probably danced with me for since I started. Hmm. How do you expose them to line dance to begin with to get people curious and into the onto the dance floor and through the door and then once they're there how, how do, you do you keep, keep them, them? <laughs> mm -hmm. good good as far as exposing them uh, I live on the east coast of the states I live in Delaware so I'm 30 minutes south of Philadelphia um, maybe an hour and a half north of Washington DC so we have a lot of big cities close by my area I do a lot of free, my dancers and I will do stuff at fairs, we'll go to fairs and um, dance outside in the summer and perform kind of. Uh, we also work, I have several assistant livings in our area who will have family nights twice a year and, and they bring us in and we volunteer, we, we just go in and we'll perform and dance and we'll try to get them moving and so that kind of exposure. Then I do, uh, I teach local classes for our county so they advertise for me, so that's free. Mm. And then uh, my own classes, I'll tell you though, the best business is word of mouth. Mm. It really is. And um, a lot of my students come to me that way. Mm. As far as keeping them, I don't think there's any real, you never know because all of them are so different. You, I, I never know whether they're gonna stick around or whether they're gonna go, but I, um, I just make sure they have fun. That's my key thing when I teach. Have fun. Don't, don't worry. Get some exercise and have fun. Don't worry about everything being perfect. Don't worry about your footwork. Don't worry about anything. Just come out for an hour and have a good time. What are some of the better habits we can develop as dancers to keep dancing in the long term? And which habits should we avoid or break as soon as we can? Okay. I would say one of the most important things, and I didn't, I learned this from Joe Thompson many, many years ago when I first started, is don't go into a room and teach two or three hours in a row without preparing your body for that. And I'm probably one of the, I hate to admit this, I'm probably one of the most mature, meaning age-wise, on the circuit that we work. And um, she taught me that many, many years ago when I worked with her the first few times, that no matter what, you feel great now, but you need to warm your body. You need to warm your muscles up. Same thing with cooling it down. And I think that's really, really important to build your stamina. The other thing is, and I've learned this over many years too, is to, as hard as it is sometimes, try to eat healthy. <laughs> I mean, really, it makes a difference on your stamina on the floor, you know. And the second question was things you shouldn't do. Right. Like I was told last year, maybe the boots and the stomping, not such a good idea as my first Vegas dance explosion. This year I've got uh, nice suede bottom dance shoes and I've been taking it a lot easier. That's exactly right. You're right. And back, see, when, when I started, we just wore regular cowboy boots. Well, nowadays, thank goodness, they have dance boots, which are, one, much lighter in weight. And two, they do have the, the suede on the bottom, so it makes it easier to move. The stomping, that's a very good point. You're right. I have one gentleman, God love him. He's been dancing with me for 25 years, and um, he is a stomper. And he just had his first knee replacement, mm. you know, and, and hip replacements, you know. Um, 
I just, I, I also think that some people try to, they get so excited in the beginning and they get, they're so happy with, oh my gosh, this is the coolest thing I've ever found. Why haven't I done this? So they'll push themselves and push themselves and push themselves. And physically, yeah, that hurts your hips, it hurts your back. And just be aware of your, what your own body can take. What would you say is successful in helping people step out of their comfort zones when they hear a new style of music or they see a new kind of dance and it's not what they've been learning? How do you encourage them to give it a try? Well, young man, you might be asking the wrong person that question because as I get older, I, 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 I hate to admit this, but like I get set in my ways. Have you ever heard your parents or anybody say, you know, the older you get, you're more set in your ways. Oh, no, no, never gonna happen. <laughs> Um, there are times when music comes out and they'll write a dance to it and I'll think, oh my goodness, how am I going to teach that? I can teach the dance, but how am I going to stand the song? <laughs> so I have to myself as an instructor, be open-minded to my students and present it like this is something new, this is going to be fun, regardless of what I feel like inside. And I have found over the years that if it's a piece of music or a dance that I don't particularly care for, but they really want to learn it, I work really extra hard because I find myself I don't maybe sometimes don't teach it as well because it isn't something that I'm into and I think that makes a difference but I am at home with my own weekly students and I have eight classes a week I use all kinds of music I use country music um, I use oldies because of certain ages that I teach certain classes are seniors and they love dancing so whenever anybody writes a dance to a remake of an oldie that is, I'll always try to learn it and use that. As far as stepping over their comfort zone, I have learned after all these years, I don't tell them anymore. Mm. I don't tell them, I don't say, okay, now tonight we're gonna do this and, and you haven't done this before, I don't tell them anymore. Mm. I've learned that, that, that you immediately, me included, step back and go, uh-oh, something new. I, don't, I just don't tell them. I say, okay, here we go. And by the way, I'm not sure some of you have done this step and some of you may not, but you've probably seen it. So here's a such and such. And uh -huh. I'll go ahead and, and afterwards, a lot of my students who have been with me for a while said, you're so slick with that. So there's no sense in telling the new people and having them be afraid. Like, well, having, I, I, I can't do that. Well, you, how do you know unless you try? Mm -hmm. It's like, I don't eat broccoli. I don't, well, have you tried? No, but I don't want to eat it. I don't like the way it looks. You know how it tastes. Hmm. Same thing with the dance. So I, I, I usually don't I usually don't tell them. I just very gradually will move them from that beginner level to that improver level. And I'll very gradually bring in music, um, nightclub two rhythm. Uh, about a year and a half ago, my beginner class was ready to move up and I found a nice little 16 count night, nightclub two rhythm. And I said, okay, we're gonna start with this, this, and this, this session. And they were like, what? I said, oh, it's easy. I said, oh my gosh, you're going to love, and I just, I did it. I just took my time and I did it. And they're like, oh, we're so glad you didn't tell us ahead of time because we wouldn't have shown up. Oh. Everybody does things differently. Mm -hmm. And today you taught uh, Sinner by Roy Hidesabroto and Roy Verdonk, and they're from the Netherlands. Where, where do you find the new dances that you want to teach and how do you select from all the ones that are out there? Wears me down. That's all I can tell you. Actually, I have uh, worked with Roy Verdonk for many, many years around you know, when I'm in Europe. And we do the, we've done the Crystal Boot Awards together. We've done workshops together overseas. So I've known him for a long time. And um, I, I don't, there's several lists out there that people follow. I don't. Mm. I don't follow them for several reasons. My main reason is 
I teach so many people at home, I need dances and music that my groups at home are going to want to dance to or are going to like the music. So I, that's how I look at it for me personally. Now, going out on the road, they wanted me to teach two intermediate or easy intermediate dances here. There are enough young adults out there starting to teach and on the circuit. They all want to do the killer stuff. Mm. God bless them. I'm glad because that gives me the opportunity after all these years to just step back and say, great, I don't have to teach advanced if I don't want to teach it anymore. Although I enjoy it, I do. And that sinner, mm. that, I mean, what, it, it had a, a, a restart, a tag, and then the extra 16 counts at the end. You, um, it's not an easy dance, it's fast, but I enjoyed it. And for me personally, over all these years, watching a group of 200 people learn an intermediate dance for me and walk away excited that they know it is very, very overwhelming. Mm. I, that's, that's a good feeling for me. Mm. And what would you say keeps you going when, I'm sure we all hit slumps. I know I've, I've, I've hit slumps here and there uh, over time. And uh, sometimes it feels like oh, maybe I should just hang up the hat. And, not, and you know, there, then there's something, um, you know, maybe it's just a really good night out dancing or... Uh, maybe you know, my friend is telling me about you know, how great experience they just had recently and I think uh, I'll put my shoes back on um, and then it's like oh well of course like yeah like I should have just gone back out in the first place right right what is it for you that gets you out of those slumps that's kept you going all this time two things I've learned the first thing is I try really hard not to take anything personal mm. like I don't even want to go into it, but just don't take anything personal. Just do what I'm comfortable with. Now, when I get to those points, and in 25 years, there have been four different times when I myself have considered, like, I've had enough. I can't, I can't keep up with it anymore. I can't keep up with all the new dances. I can't keep up with the constant music changing. And, blah. and then I, I'll go away. I'll take a week off. I'll close my classes down and just take a week off or, or 10 days, and my husband and I will take off and refresh and refurbish, and I'll come back and I'll think, okay, first of all, don't worry about what everybody else is doing. Worry about what's best for myself and my group at home. And then on the road, because there for a while, for 12 years I was on the road, about 40 or 45 weekends a year. Meaning I would fly out on Thursdays, come home on Sunday nights, teach Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, fly out on Thursday, and this went on for 12 years. And I finally, in 2008, decided to slow down a little bit because of just what you're saying. It was, I was, it's a burnout. And I don't care what you're what your field is, I don't care what your job is or what your profession is, you always hit that wall. You always, eventually, there comes a time when it's like, Phew, can I do this again? I've had enough. I'm tired of the politics. I'm tired of this. I'm tired of that. You know, and every field, every profession has that. And I usually refurbish by just shutting classes down, taking off. And I'll be honest with you, since you asked me that question, this is a massive weekend here in Vegas. And I have not worked this weekend for eight years. Wow. It's my first time back. My choice. They've asked me. It's been my choice. And I really, honestly, wasn't... I told them twice, no. And they said, well, you know, we have a strong contingent of improvers and easy, intermediate, and beginners, and, you know, you're so good with everybody. And so I hemmed and hauled about it, and I have to tell you, here we are on this seventh or the sixth day, the final day. Mm-hmm. And I am... So grateful that I decided to do this because 
one, I have seen dancers from the West Coast that I haven't seen for six or seven years. Two, I have been overwhelmed and humbled. Sorry. I've been overwhelmed and humbled by how many people have come up to me and said, oh my gosh, Joanne Brady, you are such an excellent teacher. Oh my gosh, Joanne Brady, we love your sense of humor. Will you? Oh my gosh, you gave us so much energy this week. And I called my husband the third day here and I was just crying like a baby. And he said, well, you know what it is? God put you there for a reason. That's where you're supposed to be. And it, it, this whole week has been a shot in the arm for me. And it's my boost to step back out there and say, you know what? I still got it. I can still do this, you know. So this week was was the perfect example of that question. What do you do? And and it really this has just refurbished me this week. So I'm really glad I came, and I've met so many nice new people. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned these uh, the new people. I'm sure you've seen instructors come and go over time, sure. and you're seeing a lot of them come up through through the the marquee. Um, what do you see happening in the future of line dance as things transition? Uh, we we already have Guyton retiring this coming year. Do you see the demographic remaining the same, um, or is it shifting younger with the younger choreographers? What what do you predict, and also what would you like to see in the future? Oh, good question. I think that the dance community, the circuit that we travel, like we're here this weekend, this particular circuit over the last four or five years has really started to pull in younger blood. And I think that's a good thing, because let's face it, (laughs) we're not gonna live forever. Eventually we're gonna either die or we're gonna retire. So I think that's a healthy thing. And I think as far as I've watched it now in 25 years, I've watched it three times at least come full circle. Hmm. All country, and then it, they'll add some hip-hop and add some this. And, and then six years later, all of a sudden, there's this, this punch in the arm with all country and oldies. And then, so it, it, it goes and comes. It, I think the good thing is that the majority of us out there on the road every weekend who are instructors around the world keep an open mind. We need to continue to build the community because, like we said, but the younger, now, now that's, that's the circuit. Now, at home, in, in, in my classes and in my area at home, years ago, maybe 15, 18 years ago, half my crowd was under 40, mm. you know, 30s, late 20s, not anymore. Not because, I don't, and, and sometimes I worry that maybe it's what I'm teaching or the music or whatever, but I mix all of the new stuff when they want it. But now my group at home, I have one group that is a strong intermediate, and I think the youngest one is the 20 year old, and my my oldest one in that group is about 65, 68. And then all of the rest of my groups are very versatile. They're, They're all different ages, but they're at that easy intermediate or improver level, and they're happy there. They don't wanna go any further. And I'm okay with that. I have, you have to, as an instructor, whether you're out on the road doing it or whether you're in your own backyard, you have to keep your eyes open. You have to watch, you have to do what your group wants. It's not what you want. And I know sometimes people don't agree with that because well, if it's not what I want, I don't enjoy it, well then don't do it. But if you're doing it, you're doing it for the dancers. You're doing it for them. What do they want? What do they need? That's just my opinion, my two cents. Doesn't mean it's right or wrong. It's just what Joanne Brady thinks. Very selfless. Well, I try, I try and I think 
that's just my personality and and it's not always easy it isn't i mean when they came to me uh, a year back i guess it's been and i won't even mention the two dances over over the air but they came back and they said listen we really want to learn these two and i'm looking at them going what are you thinking what do you mean 17 tags the rhythm changes three times and i need 137 counts you know i'm like what I said, go to the internet. <laughs> he said, Joanne, you break it down. You know, you're, you're, you're I, okay, all right. I could have cared less if I ever did either one of those dances again. Mm-hmm. I didn't care. But you know what? I went home and I worked for days to make sure I could present it to those 15 people that really wanted to dance it because they go on the circuit and they dance. And they came back after their first weekend away up in New York and hugged. Oh, my God, thank you so much. We're, we know it wasn't an easy task for you. We know you really didn't like the music, but thank you so much. We were out on the floor with everybody. We were able to dance it. So you know what? That's an overwhelming feeling as an instructor. Yay, I did my job. I made them happy. Yeah, there's at least one dance out there. I know uh, Take Me to Church by Guy Mundy is one where I know that a video exists. I know the step sheet is out there, but I feel like I really need what an, instru- yeah, what an instructor in person can do for breaking it down, slowing it down, and then adding little bits to it until the whole thing's done. You're right. And, and, and when you have a live teach as opposed to a video or, or a step sheet, I usually try, if it's something really challenging, I always try to take it from the choreographer if I can, because then you see exactly how they want their particular dance presented. And um, I agree with you there. I think you're right that um, seeing it visually and hearing, and you can actually say, excuse me, and ask a question where you're watching a video, you have to look at it 37 times before you, I agree, I like a a teach better. I'm not, and don't try to give me a step sheet paper. Oh, I can read them, but you know, I'm a mature adult, and sometimes I'll skip over that. Think, oh, it told me to turn there, and I missed that turn. That kind of thing. Yeah, I like to learn from the person, from a live person. And speaking of asking instructors, if you were able to, let's say, anonymously, sort of like slip a note to all the choreographers in the world, and you know, all the instructors, maybe the dancers, the DJs, the event managers, what are some of the things that you would? ask them to either think about or maybe start doing? Never, ever forget that it is about the dancer and the paying customer. It is not about us. Never forget that. Uh, That's how you build your business. And um, gosh. And the other thing I mentioned earlier, and this to me is so vital because I've seen it happen. And when you said earlier about, you know, instructors come and they hang on, they've been here for years, and then some instructors come and go. And the come and go sometimes is because they get too much recognition too quickly, and they're very good at what they do, and they deserve that recognition. But if you've never had that, it can be overwhelming, and it can go to your head. It can. You can go, oh, my gosh, you know you know who I am. I'm so-and-so, and you know, and I wrote this, and I wrote that, and that's great. That's all good, and yes, you're supposed to feel good, and you're supposed to feel stro- stroked by it, but you also need to stand back and think, where would I be without this? Nobody out on this strip here knows who I am. They don't know my name. They don't know what I do for a living. They don't know that I'm blessed enough to have so many people respect and love me. It's in that community. And I think sometimes, because I'll tell you, in the beginning, I just started helping people. I certainly didn't start to teach 
for any other reason other than helping somebody and it snowballed on me and I was in the right place at the right time and I will forever till I take my last breath be grateful for that but it comes on really fast and if you're and I I was lucky I was a little bit older I was in my late 30s but if you're 22 or 23 and you start traveling and people are asking you it can it can go to your head and sometimes that eventually shows to the community can be good can be bad but um I would say always, always keep in the forefront, regardless of what your job is, whether you're the DJ, whether you, and that's, that's the hardest job on this circuit, in my own personal opinion. I find that being a DJ in a room here, there were three of them this week that ran, and you have people from all over the world, 20 countries, 1,500 plus people here. How in the name of the Lord can you possibly keep them all happy that's a horrible job I would never want to DJ because no matter what you do no matter how hard you work no matter how much music you have you go to put it on and there's bound to be two or three out of the 3,000 they're going oh my god can't you do something different you know that kind of thing so I would say regardless of what your position is whether you're the DJ the event director a staff member or a volunteer an instructor whatever it is it's not all about you it's about the people who have paid money to be here and spent, they've saved their money all year to spend time with you. And that's the other thing that I, I'm anal about. I hate to admit it. But, um, and this group, this team isn't like that. This team was fabulous. We're here and people save money all year to spend time with us. Don't teach a class and go back to your room. Mm. Hang out with them. They're here. They, they respect you. They're here to see you. Spend time with them. And, and every, everybody on this team, we do. I mean, it's a great team to work with. What are some of the character traits and personal values that you've seen among the people who, who do create that sense of community and really help strengthen the, the, the bonds between folks? Character strengths. Like you mentioned already, you've got selflessness, humility, a couple of those are very yeah, important. They are to me, they are, and, and I feel, and I, it doesn't mean I'm right or wrong, and I'm always willing to, to say that I'm human like anybody else. Um, gosh, I don't what, know. You what would you say are some of the traits that you see in the people you do admire greatly? Like Joe, for example. She's got a ton of them. <laughs> everything I just said. You're mm -hmm. right. Everything is far. And that's how I've learned as far as being approachable. Mm -hmm. And, and some, some people, and I've heard this over the years, some people say, oh, well, I really like so-and-so's class, but, you know, they're really standoffish. Well, no, they're not. They're just shy, and you don't know that, so their persona looks like they might be. I said, have you ever tried walking up and saying, hey, thank you, and carrying on conversation? Well, no, because I'm a... I said, well, don't. Go up. Walk up to them. The other thing, you know, you're walking here, especially, you're walking through the halls, and you've got people coming from every angle, dozens and dozens. Oh, my gosh, you're great. I love that dance you taught. I love you. I like that music. You're so funny. You, know? and you have to be able to respect that that little bit of time they want to spend with you. And I learned this from Joe and Max Perry when he was on the circuit and I worked with him many years ago. He, Max Perry and Joe Thompson were truly my mentors. And I was lucky enough at that time to be on the circuit working some jobs with Scooter Lee, who is an independent artist out of Atlanta. And so I was under the tutorial of Max and Joe. So I learned. In fact, they were the two that sat me down after about 18 months and said, Joanne, we need to talk to you. And I thought, uh-oh. Max said, Joe, I'm in deep stuff. You know, what's yeah. going on? So what they do? What do they? They said, nothing. They said, but we need to talk to you. We need to talk to, about, to you about getting, setting up a contract for yourself. I'm like, what? 
because I was working for free. I was having a great time and I was helping and I, you know, they said, listen, we go to places and, 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 you know, you're building a name and this and that. And I'm like, I am. Yeah, you are. Yeah, you are. So because of that, if you go somewhere and all of us are working and it was very flattering, I just looked at them and went, what? They said, well, you got Joe Thompson, you have Max Perry and Joe, Joanne Brady and three or four locals. And they're all three a big draw. And we really only need two draws. So that could bump one of us out and they'd hire you. That's exactly, that was my face. That, that face you just gave me, I went, what? And they said, you don't even realize it, but yeah. They said, you need to have a contract. You need to, you can't, you can't just continue to just show up and work for free and, oh, I'll pay for my room. And I, they said, you work really, really hard. You, and I said, you kept saying, and you're building. And I said, but I'm not trying to build a name for myself. <laughs> I'm just having fun. But that was something for me that I had to learn. I certainly didn't set out for it to be a business. And that was, that was a good learning point for me. So, so all of them, everything I said about the humility and the character and just being accessible to the dancer, I have learned that from them. Now, this circuit world, it is a, a, a very unique sort of family. And I think the person who goes to the community center for their line dance class for the first time, they, they don't know that all this is out there. How do you... I, it's really not the kind of thing you can put on a poster, but um, how do you... Expose them to it. Right. Okay, I'll tell you how I expose them to it in Delaware. Mm. Huh? Twelve years ago, I decided to have a one-day workshop and bring in Dan Albro from uh, Rhode Island and John Robinson, who is on the circuit with me. And because my folks, and at that time, at that time I probably was seeing back, you know, uh, maybe 225 people a week. So we rented a fire hall, and I wanted a one-day workshop to expose them to what is out there and what I do on the weekends when I travel. So that first year, I think we had maybe 50 or 60 people come. It was a huge success. It was just one day, come in, we served them lunch, and we had a big dance, you know, every team taught all day. The next year, we doubled. The third year, we had to find a bigger fire hall. Last year, we had Joe Thompson there. We have moved it to a major hotel, and we have to cut off at 200 people. But all of the locals now, after that, and they started coming, and then when we moved it to the bigger, and I started bringing people in, like, this year we're having Gerard Murphy from Nova Scotia come in. And um, so when I started bringing other instructors out on the circuit in, one or two each year, they said, oh, we really liked her. Where's she teaching next? And then I could get, the other thing is a one day event for people who have never attended any type of line dance workshop that's the easiest way to go you bring a brand new person to something like this for seven days and they're either going to fall in love with it or leave going oh my god whose idea was that I can't do you know it's overwhelming so that's how I started it in my own area and now um, I worked in Pigeon Forge and uh, this past spring 15 of my dancers rented a van they said we're going and these and out of the 15 there were only like five who had never been to an event I worked for Jill Babnick up in Ohio back uh, a few months ago and they never told me they were coming and I had two van loads I think I had 24 people from Delaware show up there and they and I went what are you guys doing here they said oh man we love Jill we love we want to see Joe Thompson again and you know we have you at home so we don't care you know they <laughs> laugh about it but but that's how I expose them and then the other thing is I will go home after he 
event because a lot of them are on my Facebook page. So I'll go home and they'll have questions. So especially a big one like this, we'll go home and one night I'll say, okay, everybody, this time we're going to meet at such and such, meet us there, we're just going to have a round table. Everybody brings munchies, we sit around and we talk, and they ask things about, well, what exactly, do you have downtime? Do you have time to ask? So I can at least verbal, and I have done that a couple of times, and that seems to encourage them. They aren't quite as afraid to take a chance at going. Hmm. What are some things that you think should be discussed more in the dance community? Because I, I, I meet different people, and... Um, and we're able to like, get into some topics that maybe uh, aren't brought up as often as they could be, like what to do about all the choreographers and all the songs that are out there and, uh, and how rapid the turnover is. What are some things that we should be discussing more? I think they already discuss all that. Mm-hmm. I'll be honest with you, I do. And I kind of stay out of that because at times it tends to lean toward the political side oh. and I try really hard to just step back when all of that starts. I just, I'm, I hate to keep saying I'm too old because I'm really not that old, but I, I just I, I don't want to be I don't want to be drug into it. Um, I think your point about the, the new choreography every time you turn around, I, I agree with you. I mean, I feel that it's never going to be like it was in the '80s and '90s again, and that's okay too. That's all right. Change is good. Growth is good. But I think sometimes new people, not necessarily new, but some people are obsessed with wanting to have a dance out there on the circuit. They, they, they'll do anything. And I get that. I, I respect that. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying that sometimes you get overzealous with it, and then you, it goes nowhere. Or there are so many dances, and everybody talks about this. There are so many dances. One, I, can't, I don't want to learn the model anymore. I used to try. I don't want to do that anymore. What I do at an event like this is I'll go around to every single class. I'll watch the DVDs. I'll read the step sheets, and I'll say, okay, this one, this one, that one, that one, and these two. I know, one, I can use them at home, and two, I can take them on the road, and they're going to be a hit. I need to teach, because I don't choreograph a lot like most of them do. I've done some. Hideaway Cha, I did that with Joe Thompson. And um, another quickie, I did that one, and that hung on for three or four years. Jill Babnick and I just did uh, one two years ago, Footprints on the Water, and it hung on for about maybe three months. And in this day and age, three months is good. You know, Mm -hmm. like you said earlier, they're in and they're out. I just think sometimes my whole philosophy, my whole philosophy with all of it, whether it's the dancing, the teaching, the having to choreograph every time a new song comes out, keep it fun for crying out loud keep it fun don't don't be competitive I'm not saying don't be competitive I'm saying don't let that rule you don't let that be the reason you do what you do because you want to be don't just have fun it's just so much it's just so much more relaxing when you're just enjoying every minute regardless of what it is whether you're teaching or whether you're writing a dance or just socializing if people had follow-up questions for you how would they best get in contact with you um, I have a website, I have a web page, and an email. So, um, Joanne, Joanne Brady is my name. <laughs> Did you like that? I was trying to remember who I was. No. <laughs> um, my uh, email is J O E B R A D Y, the number one, at Verizon.net. So, anybody can reach me there. My website is Joe, J O, no E, J O Brady, dot Weebly, dot com. Joe, JoeBrady.Weebly.com. That's my website. And then just look me up on Facebook. Joanne Cummings is my uh, maiden name. Like the, the big engine in the trucks, Cummings trucks. Joanne Cummings Brady, B-R-A-D-Y. 
and I'm there. So any of that. And a phone number is 302-239-5914, and that's in the States. Hmm. What dance, finally, um, our, our, our final question, what dance would you recommend everybody go out and learn right now? As a beginner or just in general, just to oh, know? Oh, just in general. What would enrich their lives the most to learn? Actually, I know, I know people are going to think I'm crazy when they hear this, especially people who have danced for a while. This weekend is the perfect example. I taught it twice in the hallway. Dizzy. Uh. Because Dizzy and Come Dance With Me are classics. I don't care where you go around the world, they fill the floor. And when I ask my class on Wednesday, okay, here's a step we're going to do, and it's kind of like the exact same set of eight in Dizzy. And I said, so how many of you do not know Dizzy? There were at least 200 people in the room in the class, and at least 25 of them raised their hands. Hmm. I said, and because they're new. They've danced less than two years, or they've only been around the circuit for three or four years, or they've danced for three or four years but not done workshops. That instructors around the world take for granted because dances like Cowboy Charleston, Cowboy Rhythm, um, like we said, Dizzy, and come dance with those classic dances. They take for everybody knows them. They're classic. Everybody around. The, well, no, actually, everybody doesn't know them. If they've just started dancing for six weeks or they've been dancing for eight months, maybe their instructor doesn't think they're at the level yet to learn that. That's what we need to get that out of our head, that every summer at my, at my classes at home, every summer, once a week, I throw in a, new, a classic. Every, all, every single summer they know they're gonna get tush push. Mm. New dancers come in and they're like, what is that, what is it? That? that is so cool, look, everybody's doing it's a standard. It's a classic. We need to, as instructors, and those of you out there listening to this, if you're an instructor, think twice about throwing one in every six months or every, every three months. You know, this one, if you, especially if your dancers go to uh, weekends. They go to weekends. I've seen people sit through Dizzy and come dance with me all weekend long, and it makes me crazy. So actually, I've taught it twice in the hallway while hmm. I'm here. So. Nice. I'm sure the, the folks appreciated that. They were, oh, yeah. They were like, oh, will you stand next to us tonight when we dance? I said, absolutely. I'll call it for you. You'll be fine. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming out and sitting down and chatting. You're welcome. I hope I didn't run on. I hope I oh, didn't. not at all. Okay, I good. And maybe you'll edit it and wisdom. cut stuff out you don't need, right? Oh, uh, <laughs> I could always start. There you Usually go. Yeah, if it, it sounds like I'm running on. Just go in and cut it out. Okay. <laughs> it was nice to meet you, and thank you Likewise. very much for asking to speak with me. I hope to see you at a future event. Thanks.